0: You are tuning in to the True North Church podcast. Our prayer is that you would be inspired and encouraged by today's message. For more information about True North Church, please visit us online at truenorthak.org. Well, good morning, True North. My name's Mark, and I'm one of the pastors here. And we live stream our second gathering. Would you give it up for those watching online right now and welcome them? And then we also rebroadcast this into different correctional facilities across the state of Alaska. And so... Um, uh, appreciate you all being here today. My, uh, like I said, my name is Mark. I want you to look at your neighbor right now and say, It's a great day to be alive. Man, how many want to know it's a great day to be alive? I mean, it's it's a great season, and, and uh, the next, how many you guys want the next three weeks, or the next three months, excuse me, to be like the last couple days weather wise? Just say aye. Say aye. Opposed, same sign. If it's not like this the next three months, some of you lack the faith, okay? No. We're we're starting a new series today called Faith, and uh, we're believing over the next 10 weeks as we kind of navigate this topic of faith, that God's going to help us uh, have faith, um, believe God for miracles. I believe the key to miracles is faith. How many of you guys want miracles? Raise your hand. You want miracles. You want miracles in your marriage, miracles in your home, miracles in your life, miracles in your family, miracles in our city, miracles around the globe, um, uh, prayed with many people last gathering um, that, that have been diagnosed with lung cancer or breast cancer or this or that, and they're believing for a miracle, and we're believing with them. Uh, but we all have things we're believing God for, and so this next this series is going to be great. Now, full disclosure: when you talk about faith, it's not always easy because if we're talking about growing, how many want to know growing's not always fun. How many of many guys, you know, as parents, you love watching your kids grow through learning how to deal with difficult personalities and difficult circumstances, and you stand in the back going, like, it's so much fun to see them in pain? <laughs> no. But how many of us know that's part of growing up? Well, God is our father, and we're his children, and so in full disclosures, we talk about faith and growing. It's going to stretch us. It's going to challenge us. It's going to prod us. It's going to provoke us, but... At the end of it, we're going to grow. And if we grow, that means as a human, we're grow, we grow. As a Christian, we're stronger. And that means our faith can be bigger. And, and that means God can do more in our life. How many believe that? And so I'm excited about this week. In fact, uh, let's talk about Faith. In, in Romans chapter one, it says the gospel, that's the good news, that Jesus Christ died for your sins. You don't have to spend eternity separated from God because of your sins, because the gospel is the, the good news, that Jesus died for our sins, so we'd have life. That's good news, but the gospel, the Bible says, uh, uh, it says the gospel shows us how God makes people right with himself, and that it begins and ends with faith. So what's the gospel begin with? Faith. What's the gospel end with? Faith. And then in Hebrews, it says, or in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So it begins with faith, ends with faith, but without faith, it's impossible to please God. So probably we should ask the question, what's faith? Faith is this. Faith is seen from God's point of view. Faith is seen from God's point of view, not your point of view. Now how many wanna know, if you get three people in the room there's lots of ways of looking at the situation, but we're not talking about looking at the situation through someone who you think is a stronger Christian than yours or someone who's more mature in their faith or, or this or that. No, faith is seen from God's perspective, not anyone else's perspective, not your doctor's perspective, not your perspective. Faith isn't bargaining with God. Faith isn't wishing or hoping or pretending or feeling. Faith is looking at things from God's perspective. In in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it says this. Faith is the confident assurance that what we hope for is going to happen and to be certain of things we do not yet see. Say see. See. So faith is is the confidence of things that we don't yet see. We walk by faith and not by sight. This last week I was on uh, uh, it was colder so I, and I was, I was a wimp. I didn't want to go ride my bike in the rain so I, I set up my trainer and I had my little virtual thing and I'm riding somewhere, somewhere in Watopia or whatever it's called and I'm riding my bike and I'm listening to the book of Mark and Mark chapter 8 came on and he's talking about the healing of the blind man and it says that Jesus, in fact I want to read it for you real quick it's just, uh, let me just pop open it, it says, it says it, Jesus took the blind man by the hand let him outside the village so he must have lived in Alaska, because so there's villages, okay? When, he, when he'd spit on the man's eyes, now I'm not saying OSHA would think that's appropriate or the medical, whatever, okay, professionals, but he spit in the man's eyes and, and put the spit in, and, and, and he put it in the man's eye, eye, and he says, do you see anything? He looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. And then it says, once more, Jesus put his hands in the man's eyes, and he could see clearly, and I read that, and I I, I was on my bike going, oh God, help me. Help me see people the way you see people not the way my eyes see people, see, I think some of us might need God to heal our eyes because we see people as bump on the logs or we see them as simple whatever oh they 're there they're you know they're this or they're that, and if God opened our eyes so we could see them the way God sees them. What would happen if we saw our marriage the way God wanted us to see our marriage? What happened if we saw our children the way God wanted us to see our children? What happened if we saw our employees or our employer or our teachers or our boss or the people around us the way God wants? Us to see them. That's what this series is about, God. I want to see with your eyes, not my eyes. We might need some healing, church. We might be the people who can't see the right way, and we might need God to take us outside of our little village and touch our eyes so we can see in a new way. Faith is seen the way God sees things, seen from His perspective. In fact, it goes on. We, we, we read this, we, we just did a series a few months, weeks ago, all summer long in Ephesians. In Ephesians 1, verse 18, uh, Paul said, I pray the eyes of your heart would be flooded with light so that you can see, see the wonderful future God has promised for those he's called. That's called faith. I pray that God would, 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 would open the eyes of your heart that you would see things that God wants to do in a new way. So we're talking about faith the next uh, 10 weeks. And in fact, our life group series uh, will will be a part of this. In fact, we're gonna launch, we're not gonna stop our our faith series, but we're gonna join in on this series. And here's the reason why we're doing this series. Uh, A few, uh, uh, about six months ago, I was, maybe it was a year ago, it was last winter, um, which seems like, well, yeah, a year ago. and, I, and I'm reading about this, this lighthouse in off the coast of uh, the Tillamook Coast. I grew up in Tillamook. It's called Tilly Lighthouse, and it was, built in, it was built in 1906. They opened it up, and it was a lighthouse that was used, obviously, to steer ships away from the rocky Oregon coast. Um, but in 1964, they decommissioned the lighthouse and at some point, someone bought it on an auction for $5,000, went in there, started doing some stuff, and then they went out and somehow got it re-zoned re- re- uh, uh, so it could, be a, it could be a place to house urns for dead people. And I was blown away. They're trying to sell it for like $3 million because they say full of urns, it, could, it, it would be worth about a billion dollars as an investment. And I was like, No! A lighthouse is supposed to save people, not save people that are dead and store them in one location. And I realized, I sure hope as a church, we're not a church that simply wants to be a lighthouse, but someday all we care about is taking care of dead people's bones and ashes. I hope we have faith for something greater than that. That's why, as a church, we're engaged in in, in a relocation process to College Road. We believe there's thousands of people in our city who need to know Jesus. We have the faith. I hope this series will be a series that helps you see miracles in your life. It helps as a church begin to realize, man, our best days truly are ahead. So what happens when we see with eyes of faith? I want to walk through six truths about what happens when we see with eyes of faith. And my prayer is that God would heal some of your eyes because some of you, you've had your chin on your chest for far too long. You can't see past your depression, see past your discouragement, see past the mountain in front of you, see past the agenda, see past the pain. Number one, faith shrinks my problem. Faith shrinks my problem. In, in Numbers chapter 13 and 14, there's a story. God had led, you know, it, it, Genesis is the first book of the Bible, and then it goes Genesis, Exodus, and Exodus is God's people are in bondage, and God leads them out through a leader called Moses, and he, and he leads them out, and they, they cross the Red Sea. There's the 10 plagues. You can read the story. And, 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 they're, they're, and they're, they're on their way to a place called the promised land, this place God had promised God's people flowing with milk and honey, and, and we believe, how many believe God has promises for us and you? All of us, that there's, there's, there's the promises. There's a land of promises God has for us. And so God's, Moses is leading God's people into the, near the promised land, and they get to the precipice of going, crossing the Jordan River, and he sends out 12 spies. And in Numbers chapter 13 and 14, read later on, they send out 12 spies. 10 come back and say, oh, there's no way we can go take that land. Those people are huge. They are giants, it's truly a great land. In fact, the the land's so great that two people, the giants, would have a stick between them and they're hauling the grapes, the cluster of grapes, on a pole between two people. Now, I don't know about you. The last time I went to Costco, I could roll the grapes out on my own. Could you imagine those type of grapes? I mean, you'd have to cut them up to give them to a kid or eat them yourself. But those, but so they come. It's like there's no way. And then they said this word: "They're giants, and we look like grasshoppers compared to them." And then the other two, they don't see with eyes of fear. Fear always maximizes the problem. Fear always minimizes your resources. But faith, faith shrinks the problem and expands your God. And they go no. Surely we could take this place if God's our God. You know what faith and fear are? Faith and fear is the same thing. Faith is believing in something you cannot see. What's fear? Believing in something you cannot see. Fear has you as the source. Faith has God as the source. See, faith shrinks the problem. Anyone need their problems shrunk? Get your chin off your chest and get your eyes up to him because the Bible says to lift up your eyes to the hills because that's where your help comes from. Get your eyes on Jesus. Big problems? We have a bigger God. In Luke chapter one, it says for nothing, say nothing. nothing, nothing is impossible with God. The word impossible isn't in the dictionary in heaven. They ripped it out. They crossed it out. It might be in our dictionaries. You might be able to look it up on Google, but in heaven, there ain't no Google. There's a goggle. I don't know. I just made that up. (laughs) But in heaven, there's no impossibility because Jesus is there and nothing's impossible for Jesus. The Bible says nothing is impossible. In other words, faith shrinks my problems. Quit looking at your problem and start looking at your God. God is bigger than your problem. Faith is getting your eyes on the right thing, seeing the way God sees things. Number two, faith opens the door to a miracle. Faith opens the door to a miracle. In in the Gospels of Mark, Mark chapter 11, verses 22 through 24, it says, have faith in God. Who do we have faith in? God. Let me tell you right now, I don't have faith in my White House or our White House. I don't have faith in, 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 in Juno. I don't have faith in the borough office or the city office. I have faith in God. My government can't solve my world's problems. But let me tell you something. No matter who's in the White House, this election or next election, my God is still on his throne and that's the one that moves doors, that opens doors. That's the one that shrinks my problems. Not the, I I can't, I have faith in God. We have to have faith in God. It says if you have faith in God and you don't doubt, you could tell this mountain to get up and jump into the sea and it would. Now, now, Don't do that at Denali and then question why there's a tidal wave in Anchorage, okay? Never mind. That wasn't on my notes. I'll stick to my notes. Tell this mountain to to get up and jump in the sea, and it would. Whatever you ask for in prayer will be yours if you have enough faith. Faith is when you bring God into your problem. Jesus is saying, have faith in God. This is what it looks like. If you have faith in God you, you, and don't doubt, you can say this mountain, jump up. What Jesus is saying here is, is, is I've set up a universe, and in this universe, there's a hierarchy of laws. How many of you want to know something called gravity? If I walk to the edge of this stage and I keep walking, what's going to happen? I'm going to fall, and some of you are going to laugh. That's called human nature, that's a law. Gravity is going to pull me down. See, there, there's, but, 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 but in the kingdom of God, there's a hierarchy of law, and the law of faith is actually higher than the laws of nature. See, if I walked to the peak of our church building, and and I was to drop a pound of nails and a pound of feathers, you know, when they would land at the same time because the pound's the same, and there's something called gravity. But if someone was to reach out and stop one of the bags from hitting the ground, I hope they stopped the feathers because it would feel different than the nails. But if they stopped, what happens? Somebody reached in and didn't shift gravity. They, they just, they shifted, and there's another law called a hand that stopped it. A miracle is when God steps in. Doesn't defy gravity. He's higher than gravity. And so that's why he says, if you have faith, you can say to this mountain, jump up and be moved. What he's saying is when you bring me to the equation, all of earth's rules aren't as high as faith is. Well, Mark, you don't understand my situation. You don't understand my God. You might feel convinced that you're where you're, you're, stuck in this difficult place. You don't understand my, I don't have to understand your situation. You're, you're inviting God to come into your marriage, God to come into your family situation, God to come into your, and you're asking him, God, I want to see things from your perspective right now, not mine, because right now I see a mountain and I don't want to have doubt and I want to be able to believe that I can speak to that mountain and in prayer, in faith, God can move what seems like an immovable object in my life that's what Jesus is saying so every time you stretch your faith you give God an opportunity to do something anyone here want to give God an opportunity to do something give him an excuse to work my question today is this though if we're getting ready to start this series called daring faith what mountain do you need moved in your life what's the obstacle what's the person What's the situation? What's the financial place you're in? What's the relational challenge? What's the health challenge? What's the mountain in your life? that you don't think is ever gonna change. And maybe you've already decided, well, that's called doubt. That's a self-fulfilling prophecy. And here's the deal. God wants to supersede the natural laws of the mountains you don't think are ever gonna move because he has in the past. He can now. He's done it all around the world. And faith opens the door for miracles. And God's in the mountain-moving business. And so faith shrinks our problem. Faith opens the door to a miracle. And thirdly, faith moves God act on my behalf. Faith moves God to act on our behalf. Faith moves God. In Matthew chapter nine, verse 29, it says, according to your faith, it will be done to you. According to your faith. God says we get to choose how much he blesses us. God, we we choose, according to your faith it will be done. Now, God's not a genie in a bottle. If we rub him a certain way, poof, he comes out. God doesn't work for us. We work for him. Faith works. It's not like, oh, God, if, if I do this, will you do this? It's not bargaining chip. It's, it's not that. It's, it's, it's not that. It's, it's, there's got to be a balanced view of God. An balanced view of God is I don't deserve it because I've done enough. I, 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 God blesses me because God's God. Right. It's not because I'm smarter than other people. It's because God is God. It's not because we're better looking than someone else because most of us, if we look in the mirror, someone else next to us might be better looking, but God is God. It's because we're humans and we're not God. There is a God and we're not him. God works in our lives because we expect him to with humility. God, I believe you're God and I believe you work in people's lives. And so according to my faith, God, in other words, if you have no faith, don't be shocked. Nothing happens. That's the picture here. If you expect God to do little things in your life, he'll do little things in your life. If you expect him to do a lot in your life, he'll do a, You ever met those, oh, God's so good. He just keeps doing this. And you know, like, how come he doesn't do things in my life? Well, maybe you're not expecting him to do those things in your life. According to your faith. God's not moved by complaints. God, God's not moved by griping. God's not moved by grumbling. God's not moved by whining. None of that moves God. God's moved when we expect him and say, God, I'm believing in faith right now, and according to my faith, you'll do it when two or three gather together. God, God is a God who works because of faith. Number four, faith unlocks all the promises of God. There's seven 7,000 promises in the Bible. From Genesis to Revelation, there's 7,000 promises in his book. Uh, uh, from cover to cover. And, and if we want to be people of faith, and, and a man of faith or a woman of faith or a single adult in faith uh, or a widow or a widower or whatever your stage in life is, whatever you're at right now, if you want to be a person of faith, you must become a person of promise. That's why the word of God needs to be in our life. That's why we need to want it. We need to open it. We need to read it and we need to do it. We need to believe the promises of God. Grab a hold of a promise if you're in a difficult place right now and say, wait a second, I'm gonna hold on to this until it happens. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, Paul says it this way: no matter how many promises God has made, they are all yes. In Christ. Say yes. Yes. His promises are yes. Hold on to his promises. See, see, how many of you would be interested if you knew there was an addict in town and you could go to this certain house? And in this house, if you open up a box and there's a letter in that box that says, If if you're if you're reading this letter, come see me, I'll give you a million dollars. How many guys would like that? Find that letter? Okay, two people. Some of you are liars. How many of you guys would love it if you found a letter on the street that says, hey, if you come see to my house and you come to my house, I'll give you a million dollars. How many would like that letter? You'd like it even more if you knew where the person lived. (laughs) But if no one signed it, no one put their address, you didn't know who they were, it wasn't valuable, but here's the deal. The promises of the Bible apply to because we know the author. You said this. He upholds his promises. His promises are all yes in Christ. We know the name of the promise keeper. His name is Jesus. And all his promises are yes in Christ. When we have eyes of faith, we have to realize his promises. Number five, faith turns God-given dreams into reality. You know, challenge with dreams is There's a lot of people who have dreams. But some of them, some of you maybe, you've let the dream die. You've almost given up on it. Don't feel like it's possible anymore, I don't know. But faith turns God-given dreams into reality. See, some of you, you, you're, you're, you believe in God for a stronger marriage. You believe in God for a strong family. You believe in God for, for, for a better career. Some of you are holding on, and your dream is just to make it a year with so, 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 being sober. You're praying for your sobriety. Maybe you're online, and you're in a correctional facility. You're just, you're just hoping God can put the pieces back together. My God's into ceramics; He can put all the broken pieces back together. My God specializes in broken pieces he specializes, but faith turns God-given dreams into reality. I, see, I, I believe this. I, I believe the Bible's full of people who had God-given dreams. Abraham dreamed of being a father to a great nation, and he was. Covenant promise, and God, God anointed him. Moses dreamed of, of setting people free, and, and God used Moses to lead an entire generation out of bondage. Now, was it easy? No. God gave Joseph dreams, and God gave Joseph huge dreams, and the dreams where his brothers would want to bow down to him one day, and the sun, moon, and stars, and, and the, the wheat would bow down to him, and then he finds himself thrown into a cistern, sold into slavery. He's, the, he's now work, he's working, in a, he's in prison, become a second in command, and, and all of those dreams, he's sitting there like, oh, this isn't what I dreamed. But the process of developing a dreamer is different. See, here's the deal. Maybe you're walking through a difficult time right now and you've interpreted the difficult time as God has said no to your dream rather than God hasn't said no to the dream. God's just developing the dreamer. Could it be the dream never changed? God's just changing the dreamer and you've misinterpreted the season you're in? And you think the season you're in is punishment for something you did in the past rather than preparation for the future dream? What's God doing? Difficult times are not the sign that you missed it. So Joseph, Joseph had a dream of saving his nation, his family did it, Daniel dreamed, Paul dreamed. And they dreamed without this verse I wanna read. Some of you should highlight this verse. Some of you, you you should get it tattooed in your brain. I'm not saying you should go get tattooed. tattoo. You might want to. I'm not saying you can or can't. But Ephesians chapter three says this. Glory be to God. Chapter three, verse 20. Who by his mighty power at work within us is able to do far more than we would ever dare to ask or even dream of indefinitely beyond our highest prayers and desires, thoughts, and hopes. In other words, he's going, I sure hope you have faith to dream that God has... Son- I, he says, I, I, I dare you to even ask or dream, because God can do more than you can think. See, some of you have given up on your dream, and so you, 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 fear shrunk your problem rather than faith. Or fear is fear, fear exasperated the problem rather than the fear, the faith shrinking the problem. And God begins to give you the faith. God, God can help you dream again. God can restore your marriage. God can help you love again. Someone came up to me after first gathering His son had committed suicide two two years ago and he he gave me a hug and says, Mark, I want to start dreaming again. I don't know what it's like to have a son commit suicide. I don't know what it's like to live in some of your homes. I know what it's like to live in my own home in my own skin and know that God, don't let my dreams die because difficult circumstances came. Because if you're a big God, I want to make big plans so we can do some big things together. And six, faith gives me the power to hold on in tough times. Faith gives me the power to hold on in tough times. Why is this important? Faith doesn't always take you out of the problem. Faith invites Jesus into your problem. How many want to know there's a difference between getting out of a problem and inviting Jesus into your problem? How many want to know that? There's a major difference. I remember my my prior job before I became the pastor of True North was to, um, I worked with youth pastors across our state for for our denomination, the Assemblies of God. And I remember calling this one youth pastor and and, uh, he was going through a difficult time and he said, I, and I, how are you doing? He said, I just can't wait to get out of this situation. And I heard him say that for like about a month, maybe two months, I don't know. And one of, you ever had something just come over you and you say something, you go like, where'd that come from, right? And you're like, that was, that was too good to be me. It must have been Jesus, right? And so he's saying like, I just can't wait to get out of where I'm at. I said, oh man, I'm sorry. I, no, Mark, I can't wait to get out of where I'm at. And I said, shut up. Now he was he was I was I was in my phone he was he's somewhere else a different part of the state and he said what do you mean I said you're praying the wrong thing So what do you mean You're praying to get out of your situation and you need to start praying God help me get everything out of this situation yeah. I said because if you leave right now and you go to this job over here You're going to the same, you're going to a different job, but you're the same person. And you'll have the same problem over here you had over here. And then you're going to be there, and I'll talk to you a year later and go, I can't wait to get out of here, and you'll go to the next place. It'll be a different job, different boss, same problem. If everywhere Jim goes, Jim has a problem, Jim's the problem. Right? And and, and faith gives us the power to go, maybe there's some things God wants to grow inside me. And maybe the problem going around me right now is because God wants to do something in me. The disciples one day said, Lord, teach us to pray. God, teach teach us to pray. And so they find themselves in a storm. Remember the story? And they think they're gonna drown, and Jesus is asleep in the storm. And 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 finally they they wake him up and says, Don't you care if we drown? And he gets up and says, Peace be still. And he looks and they go, "Who, who, Who are you? And they go, Oh, ye of little. They're in a storm. They want Jesus to get them out of the storm, but here's the deal, guys. If you're on this side of the lake and you're trying to get to that side of the lake, the only way from here to there is to go through this. What you're in right now could be a part of the God's plan to grow you into the man or the woman or the young adult that God's called for you, and if you jump ship and try to get out of where you're at, God wants to invade where you're at right now and empower you right where you're at. That's why Paul, Paul was a man of faith. Paul saw incredible things happen. And he said, we were pressed on every side by troubles, but we weren't crushed. We were not broken. We were perplexed, but we did not give up. We didn't quit. We were attacked, but God, say God. But God never abandoned us. If you have a tree Bible, circle that you have an e-bible you better highlight that what he's saying is uh, the the absence of problems does not negate the presence of God God can be right with you during your problems I'm perplexed I is said we we got knocked down we're not knocked out but we get back up and we keep going why because God never abandoned me what does that mean In this next 10 weeks as we talk about faith, what this means is if you're going through a hard time, don't think God's not with you. Just ask God, God, what can you help me through right now? Would you help me get through this? Say through this. It's not what happens in us that's the most important. Excuse me, it's not what happens to us that's the most, it's what happens in us that's the most important. So this series, I'm praying that God does a deep work in all of us so we can see things from his perspective. That he's gonna open doors, he's gonna shut other doors, he's 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 gonna come in to our area, to where we're at, he's gonna shrink our problems, he's gonna give us the faith to dream new dreams, and he's not abandoning us, he's with us the whole time, and he's gonna give us the power to get through what we're going through right now. That's it. See, in our culture, you know what people do? And maybe you've tried this. Difficult time comes, and we go back to our defense mechanisms. For some people, maybe it's drinking themselves silly so they don't have to feel the pain anymore. Maybe it's finding some drug to to numb the pain so they dope it up. There's other people, they kinda mope it up. They just kinda get their chin on their chest and they just kind of complain and they grope it up. Oh, I don't know. And they kill everybody. Friends, when, when trouble comes, don't be a dope it up person, a mope it up person, a grow. Be a hope it up person. Put, put your faith in God and say, God, uh, according to my faith, God, your promises say you will never leave me and never forsake me. And grace he that's in me, then his I'm going to make it, God. It's not by, it's not the size of the fight that matters, it's the size of the God in the fight with you that matters. Some of you need to hear that today. That's what I'm gonna ask you to do the next 10 weeks. Next week, when we start talking about life groups. And I wanna encourage you. We grow, we learn in rows, but we grow when we open ourselves up to other people. And that might be, for some of you, a step of faith to realize, I actually have to get with it, because here's the deal, when you get with other people, you you have to let down your defense mechanisms and they're gonna get to know you. And that's okay. You need people in your life, I need people in my life. Life groups are powerful. We're gonna launch them in three weeks and I'm gonna ask you, would you you get plugged into a life group, get plugged into a, a pocket of people to do life with, and second of all, I'm gonna ask you, would you calm the next 10 weeks and grow? There's something that happens when you just say, you know, church is important. Church is valuable. My daughter last year made a travel team for sports and we said, I'm sorry, honey. You're not gonna go on that travel team because we think church is more important right now than that travel team for you. That was a call we made as a parent because we value, in our house, we value church attendance. It's very important in our home. And I sat at my house yesterday having, having, some, having, having, a, having a party at my house with my kiddos, and I, I have three adult children who love Jesus and one who's married and, and godly man. And, and I sat there having an incredible day, and I thought, I'm blessed. Well, I'm blessed because we paid a price when they're younger. And I wanna encourage you, be in church the next 10 weeks for your sake, for your kid's sake. And uh, let's, let's go. now. Now, I wanna close this way. Maybe you're here today. And I would be remiss if I didn't stop and give you an opportunity to know Jesus because I I do what I sell. I believe Jesus is the answer. I believe there's somebody that walked in this room today and here's, I believe this with all my heart, if you leave here today and forget who I am, you haven't lost a whole lot. But if you leave here today and forget or don't know who Jesus Christ is, you've lost everything. And I believe that. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, we always say it at True North the same way every week because I want every one of you to know how to share Jesus with your friend. We say it like this: A, admit you sinned. It's as easy to know Jesus as A, admitting you sinned. B, believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, and he's the only path to heaven. And C, confess Jesus as the Lord of your life. A, admit, admit you sinned. B, believe that Jesus died for your sins. Ask him to forgive you, and C, confess him as your life leader and your Lord. If you've never done that online or in the house auditorium today, would you bow your heads and close your eyes? I wanna give you an opportunity to pray that prayer with me today. Just pray this simple prayer silence i pray it out loud. Dear Jesus, today, I admit I've sinned, but I believe you died on the cross to forgive me. Jesus, please forgive me for my sins today. And Jesus, I invite you to to be my savior and life leader. I confess you today as the Lord of my life. Lord, help me serve you the rest of my life, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. What a fantastic service. Be sure to stay in touch by following us on social media so you can stay up to date with all that is happening at True North Church.